You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Intercepted, presented by Acme Packing Company. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here this week by RJ Ochoa of Blogging the Boys, our sister site covering the Dallas Cowboys. Say what's up to the people, RJ. How goes it, people? Uh, proud to be a sister site. Do you introduce any of them as brothers? Is brother site a correct term? I've always heard know. it as, as sister site for some reason. I mean, I've always heard like um, like our radio sites? stations will be like our sister oh. station. I thought that was like alliteration. You know, like the word, I guess some mm-hmm. idiots like sister site is the same thing. Um, I guess so. But I don't know what would make it like brother, like sister, whatever. I've just, you know, I don't know what flavor you're going for. That's why we got to We got to talk to the higher ups um, mm-hmm. about that. We have a football game this Sunday. It's one that we circled for weeks. <laughs> It's one that I feel like maybe is not even our Super Bowl because we don't feel good about winning it. The Super Bowl for the Packers season at this point might seriously just be, can we beat the Bears again? Um, Which is what a sick and disgusting place that we're in in general. But the Dallas Cowboys are coming in. They're red hot. Um, They are, if the NFC was... uh, built a little different in terms of like how the seeding works in the playoffs they might be the two seed in mm-hmm. uh in the nfc um with the way that it ends but you know the philadelphia eagles are kind of running away with stuff right now how are dallas cowboys fans feeling coming into this game it's a really interesting time certainly for the cowboys you mentioned that they're red hot their last game was against the bears and they they throttled them they looked very good it was kind of the first um positive game that dak prescott has played in a long time um, obviously the, the week before Dak was back against Detroit, but it was kind of so-so. I don't know, you know, what kind of tabs you kept on that. Um, and the season opener, everybody saw it was really bad. And then he got injured and Dak was really poor over the second half of last season. In fact, the defense really kind of, that's, that's when this like era changed and, and when it became like the Micah Parsons team. And so it had been a long time since we had seen the Cowboys just have their way with an opponent offensively. In fact, the last time was the last time they faced somebody else's former team when they played the Falcons last year. It was kind of a do it for Dan Quinn game. Um, and th- this, this last week or two weeks ago, I guess felt a lot like that. And so they're, they've been on their bye. They're getting healthy. People are, are trying to, you know, keep arguments alive. Z Pollard, who are you going to hand the ball off to? But like life is pretty good, uh, for the Cowboys. And you mentioned it. I'm, I'm somebody who, who has put a lot of stock into this game because I hate the Packers with all my heart. Uh, there are a lot of Cowboys fans, though, to be frank with you, that are like, eh, th- you know, this this isn't this doesn't feel the way I wanted it to feel. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the Packers kind of stink. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think that's silly. Like, I, I don't want to I think you lose sight of, of like your true fan if you let that go. I, I don't know who the team is that owns the Packers. I really don't. So I don't know that, you know, this emotion. But but speaking as the little brother in this relationship, I want nothing more than just like an a, like a savage level performance from the Cowboys. I want to I want I want to watch the moment where Aaron Rodgers has to walk across the field and shake Mike McCarthy's hand after losing fifty six to three. That I want that with all my heart. <laughs> the team, by the way, uh, Giants sent us home. 
and that upsets the me so much. Sent us home. That that, that would be the team I would have guessed. Actually, would have been the Niners. Yeah, it, I would have said yeah, probably Niners and then Giants. You know, the the Brett send off, and then what was it? The fifteen and one team. They ended up losing in the divisional round to the Giants. Yeah, and the Hail um, Mary, whatever that was. So yeah, at the end of the stupid, half. Yeah. Oh, nightmares! I don't want to think about this anymore. Um. Just so, so what do you think about the Pollard Zeke thing? Because it, it, I did see that on the peripheral of people being like, you know, all the stats say, you know, Pollard is the more efficient running back, all that stuff. And then it seemed like they leaned into Pollard for like one game. And then Pollard was like, that was too much. <laughs> it, it seemed like he couldn't handle that type of load, which kind of makes sense if you think about their body types. I mean, the one thing Zeke I don't think gets enough credit for is like he's a very tough player. And I know that's weird to say about like a running back. Like you're like, these guys take hits constantly. Of course they're tough. But the stuff that he does at his size, like running in the middle, like he's not built like, for example, we have AJ Dillon, right? And it's obvious right. like you can look at that guy and be like, yeah, that guy runs in between the tackles. There are plays even, um, this the what was it the uh Braxton Miller spin move against Virginia Tech I remember when they were in college Zeke takes out like three guys blocking for Braxton Miller like I I think some of that stuff kind of gets brushed to the side with Zeke for some reason and probably should be appreciated a little bit more he's really and and now we sound like you know 1990s football analysis like really physical and really tough and gritty um, when he was drafted, I remember he talked about how he trained with the offensive line at Ohio State. Um, I, I don't know if you know, they refer to themselves as the slobs. So he was like an honorary slob. Like, we had that, like he prides himself on, on his pass blocking. And that's kind of like the only main separation between him and Pollard is, is you know, his pass blocking ability. He He's another line of protection for Dak. But then you get into the conversation like, well, dude, we're not paying you $90 million to, to be like the sixth offensive lineman on the team. Like, that's cool. But like, who moves the ball? And so, I mean, I'm somebody who values data, um, you know, in, in, in smart level analysis. I know you do too. And like, there's, there's not a, a piece of evidence you can use to support Zeke as a runner over Tony Parker's not one. Right. Um, now the, the comment that Tony had about getting tired was, was just, again, that was the Cowboys bye week. I think, you know, right now people are, you know, it was a bit of an idle hand situation. People don't really have anything to argue about anymore. Now that Dak kind of put the Cooper rush stuff to bed, thankfully, um, I mean, I, I think Tony Pollard could handle the workload if he really had to. We haven't seen that, you know, need to be the case. I will say this has been the the season where, and it sucks that it's Tony Pollard's contract year. They have been saying for three years, we're going to use Pollard. We're going to use him. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. And they never have. And and so we're kind of starting to see that. Now, the last game was a bit of an exception. Uh, they they rested Zeke. I don't know that they would have had they not been on by the following week, but they, they had that little bit of a luxury. And so, yeah, I mean, Tony Pollard went off two weeks ago against the Bears. But I, I would bet – I. I it's trending in the direction that Zeke's going to play. I just can't imagine. They really, they need them both. I mean, they need them in their own, you know, mystical football, silly ways. Uh, but, but there's, I mean, Tony Pollard's the better player. I, I don't know anybody that really, anybody who thinks Zeke is the better player is, is hearkening back to the likes of like, he wears down the defenses. He gets stronger as the game goes on type stuff. Yeah. I'm not even going to give air to the Cooper Rush stuff. I, so, I forgot about exhausting. that until you mentioned it. How dumb, how dumb of a narrative, how, how bored are we? I appreciated you trying to put it to bed on the SB nation NFL show. It was, it was so annoying. It was a really long I just couldn't believe that was an actual discussion. 
It was. And and it really <laughs> ultimately though, I'd say the majority of people that were pushing it were were still upset fans about the way that the Dak took over for Tony Romo. Like there's still people heartbroken. Oh, if, if Romo had, had come back in twenty sixteen, they would have beat the Packers in the divisional round and they would have gone on. They robbed Tony of his moment. So um, there's there's people who would have felt like it would have been sweet vindication for for Dak to get caught by an undrafted free agent of all kinds of players. Oh my goodness, goodness gracious! How sick is the the mind of fans? Um, what? So McCarthy, mm. that's going to be the biggest narrative. That's why you mentioned uh, we did a podcast for you guys earlier in the week, and you mentioned it during the World Series. But Fox was talking about. You know, Packers, Cowboys, two weeks ahead of time. They weren't talking about, um, you know, sending sending the one team for a 10 a.m. kickoff against the Detroit Lions and stuff like that. Um, All eyes are going to be on this game. The entire country outside of Southern California and Arizona are going to get this game. So everyone's going to be able to watch McCarthy driving on, you know, McCarthy Ave to the stadium, playing his former team. They're going to have all of the dramatics leading up to it. How much of that have you seen? Because I think, you know, some of it has percolated into the Packers stuff where we saw, I think it was on Monday that, you know, McCarthy got teared up. Right. Talking about Green Bay and talking about the people and how his family still hangs out there and stuff like that. How much of that has been a narrative for, you know, Cowboys fans, you know, coming into this? You know, um, I, it's, I think Cowboys fans are really split on McCarthy, to be honest. I'm somebody who's like, who's, who's team McCarthy, but it's certainly, you know, acknowledging that, that he has his flaws the way any, any head coach does, right? There's no, there's no perfect coach. There's no perfect whatever. Um, but, but there are a lot of Cowboys fans who, who think that Dan Quinn's running the show, right? Like McCarthy doesn't do anything. Like, so these, these people, I don't know that anybody like really, there's, there's a sector of people, I guess, they don't care about his moment. Um, I, I do think the fact that this moment has been building for so long, you know, that, that they've gone as long as they have, as long as possible, obviously, uh, without playing one another. The fact that it's at Lambeau kind of adds to the element. Um, it, it's, it's the biggest story. I mean, I think, I think the Cowboys have, have said all the right things, right? And I think McCarthy has said all the right things. Um, it's not a big deal. It's just, it's another game. We're back from the bye. We want to go one and zero this week, all the, the sorts of cliches, but, I, I mean, they, they made a big deal about Dan Quinn's game against the Atlanta Falcons last year. And, and he left on much better terms with the Falcons than, than Mike McCarthy yeah. obviously did. Um, but, but I think what's, what's made it so interesting and, and you would know this better than I, you know, would even over the last two years, McCarthy has a, a charm that people don't give him credit for. Like he, he's a actually pretty charismatic dude. And so, and he's funny sometimes. Yeah. Like, and, and he, um, it was really sweet the way he, I mean, he talked about his wife and, and how supportive she's been. He talked about like how difficult it was to move. And everybody obviously knows about the year he, he spent away. And he talked about doing rehab there in Green Bay and how that was a difficult thing for him. Um, I wouldn't say it's like, I don't view it as his moment. I, I, I thought that I would. And I, I know you mentioned that we recorded, like I've been really impassioned about this all week long, but I, I, I truly don't believe that McCarthy like is seeking revenge is seeking vindication. I, I do think he cares and, and understands the emotional aspect of what's happening here. Um, but, but I don't think there's, there's any sort of bad blood. That's at least how it looks on this. end. if I had to guess it, it would have been, you know, I, I don't associate it as like McCarthy versus the Packers. I, it's, it feels like McCarthy versus Rogers. And, um, and I think Aaron has, I would argue strategically because he lives rent free in my mind, uh, done everything he can <laughs> to like, 
throw water on the flames like with his the q a he did with the athletic and it's like oh yeah mccarthy and i love each other like get the hell like i hate that he's ruining it for me like let let i i I just so i don't know i'm very fascinated to see if he i think he'll cry i really do i think he'll kind of tear up like during the national anthem or something you know what i mean there'll be a moment that gets to him but but he's handled it i think as best as he can so far this week i think they both might cry i mean it seems like they're tighter now than at least on that level right uh, of being able to kind of like take the 30,000 view foot view and like look into the past and stuff it feels like they're tighter in that aspect now than they were when it ended because when it ended I mean you got to remember Mike McCarthy's assistant head coach Winston Moss came out and was like going off on Twitter and stuff and ended up getting fired from the team and was going on uh, FS1 and saying, like, that's Aaron Rodgers' team. Like, he's not held accountable, all that stuff. I think at a different time, you know, maybe if it was, like, one year removed, it would have been, yeah. like, revenge game. But it feels like now they've kind of, like, made amends and are a little bit more grateful for, for what they had gone through kind of collectively. And it is hard to make this a, like – McCarthy versus the Packers game when the Packers are so bad and the Cowboys defense is so good. It's really hard to do that. I think it's weird. Like, I mean, this is the second time you and I have talked about this, at least like in, in podcasts from like, we've been slacking about it too. Like Matt LaFleur's name hasn't come up at all. Like, I think that's so strange that like he, he's, he's the dude who, and obviously he didn't do anything, but like he's the dude who replaced McCarthy and has, has had all this success, like coaching the team and whatever. And like that, that's like such a non-factor. I mean, it, it's or a, Dan Quinn. You know, that's yeah. LaFleur's I mean, former head coach or Randall going Cobb, against each other. Randall Cobb playing the Cowboys. I mean, you know, like, uh, well, not playing, but still, I mean, like, it is a weird thing. I don't know that this, the Cowboys and Packers, and it's a one-sided rivalry to be very clear, at least in, in recent memory. Um, They have such a unique relationship where it's like the, the most like, you know, blue collar, humble, you know, humble beginnings and, and humble operation versus like, I wouldn't say the evil empire, but like the death star, right? Like the, the most expensive, elaborate, extravagant thing. Like it, it is a polar opposite in culture. And I think that kind of like McCarthy is the blend of those two. Like he's, he's, you know, salt of the earth Pittsburgh guy, but he's also like charming enough to, to break bread with, you know, the diamonds and the pearls of, of the Cowboys lifestyle. Like that's, what's made him such an interesting coach for this team. Yeah. And Rogers brought that up too, is, you know, not just McCarthy, but all the other guys on the staff who, who are coming in, like, uh, Joe Witt, Al Harris, Scott Tolzien, all those guys who, you know, had spent time in Green Bay. And he was saying, you know, we hope there's a warm welcome and all that stuff. So there there were definitely opportunities for either side to be like, Petty. I want I want to go beat the piss out of that team, right? And neither one of them took it. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Rodgers, not for lack of success in, in 2022, but, you know, Rodgers has been – very competitive with his words and stuff like that this year. Um, to, almost to a detriment where you're like, well, how are you guys going to get this thing fixed? And he's like, what do you want me to say? Like, we got to dig deep, you know? And so he he's had plenty of opportunities and he's kind of taken that route on other subjects, but this game hasn't been one of them. It's going to be interesting to watch, man, because McCarthy's only coming back to, to Lambeau once. Right. And he still isn't a Packers Hall of Famer. You know, he's active 
head coach for another team, so that's kind of a hard thing to do, but he's going to be in there eventually. I just – it's very strange. Um, I mean, how, how many we, – we've got the – it's it's weird because it's gotten a lot of hype, but also feels like it, – I mean, it's not Brady Belichick, but, like, remember that when, when you know, the oh, Bucks yeah. went to New England? It the was Adele like – song it was, and yeah. – yeah, it was everywhere. Like who? What? What other pair would we would we feel this way about? You know, like facing off against one another. And again, like that was different because, like, I, I mean, I guess if like Brady had been on like the Colts, it would have you know it would have felt just as weird or awkward or clunky. But like the fact that it's you know the fact that Mike McCarthy, I know he, he interviewed with the Browns, the Panthers, and the Jets. Like I don't think it would have been the same foil for him visiting the Packers with those teams as it is with the Cowboys of all teams. Yeah, I don't think so. And. Shouts to McCarthy for not taking that Jets job. Looking back at it, right? I mean, or or the Panthers or Browns gigs. I mean, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> because the Jets job, I think, I I think if the reporting was right at the time, they were willing to offer him the job, but he wouldn't be able to select his own staff, basically. And now I was looking at the uh, Cowboys staff this week because you know Aaron Rodgers mentioned all the all the former Packers guys. Every dude is from Pittsburgh. Just That's about crazy. Just about every, except for Kellen Moore. Um, yeah. Kellen's, and Kellen's the one holdover. And Dan Quinn has obviously come in and like, you right. know, done his own thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and it's, it's changed a lot. I don't think that that is, is something that's understood a lot. In, in 2020, um, you know, Mike Nolan was around, obviously, right. and that didn't work out. And I saw or I heard you shout, I don't know if it was your stat. I think it was stats that shout out Jim Tomsula uh, on, on the gauntlet this week. And he was on the Cowboys staff. He was one of Mike McCarthy's first hires. That was like his thing, getting all these former head coaches, and it didn't work out in 2020. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and all those Packers have really like people love Al Harris. Like he's been so awesome, and so um, it's it's a unique group. That's great to hear. Love love Al Harris. If he wants to uh, come back and play DB for us, even if it's at safety to replace Savage, that's perfectly fine with me. Dan Quinn is he going to be a head coach next year? I really don't know. I mean, you know, he, it felt like he was going to take the Chicago or Denver jobs um, this past off season. And, you know, maybe he kind of wishes he had taken Chicago up, you know, they're looking a little bit interesting, a little bit plucky, but like, I don't think he wanted anything to do with Denver and, and obviously rightfully. So, I mean, there's a lot of people who have thought or suggested that he's kind of waiting for Seattle to open up, obviously a lot hmm. of success there. Um, you know, and, and maybe that's a little bit farther away than we all thought, obviously at the beginning of the season, but I, I really think he's in, he's the Josh McDaniels of, of defensive coordinators right now, right? Like he just, now, the, now he's got his Tom Brady and Micah Parsons. Right? He can just sit back and, and do this every year until the one, the perfect out. Cause I mean, Dan Quinn's awesome, but like, is he going to get a, a third opportunity if he fails at a second one? You know what I mean? True. Like, yeah. and so like, I, I mean, who, like what's available right now, the Panthers and the Colts, like, you know, are those places <laughs> you want to go to? Um, and, and no, so it's, the answer it, is no. <laughs> I, I don't think enough. I think he was a great head coach. I, you know, obviously in retrospect, but I, I don't think enough was made. How many coaches get to hitch themselves to what Matt Ryan was at that time when, when Dan Quinn showed up in 2015? I mean, mm -hmm. so, you know, you've really got to find that spot. And Mike McCarthy got that and Dak Prescott, obviously. I mean, again, think about the situations he looked at in the Jets and the Browns and the Panthers. Like none of them had the franchise quarterback that, that Dak was or the, or the Dak is. And so, um, I think it would have to be the perfect situation. He has a great gig where he gets to get all of the credit and none of the blame. Um, and he's nationally known. He's the most, he's more famous than a lot of head coaches. And just, just because of, of the uniform that he puts on every week. Yeah. One thing that I think is going to be interesting with these head coaches is, and I, I think we talked about it on this show before, um, 
when I had Archon on, I think that was even last week, is first-time head coaches don't make that much money, like, relative to, like, what you think. Like, there's there's a wider gap between first-year head coaches and, like, Bill Belichick than there is between a defensive coordinator and a first-year head coach, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're looking at it from, like, a quality of life standpoint and, like, to your point, right? Like Quinn, you're not going to get a third shot, right? Well, some of these guys aren't going to get second shots. Um, so kind of picking and choosing where your landing spot is going to be. I think that's going to be a little bit more of a factor in the NFL moving forward. And it all comes back down to quarterbacks. Like I, I talked to someone who represents coaches and he was like, Sean Payton's poking around. And what he wants is like a hands-off owner and he wants a quarterback. Like, the two teams he's looking at are, like, Arizona and the Chargers. That's mm-hmm. it. So, like, stuff like that, I think, is going to matter a lot moving forward. And we're seeing this trend where, you know, Sean Payton last week, what, he was on the Fox pregame, right? He's on everything, yeah. Yeah, he, he's on he's on everything right now. Takes a year off and is just like, I don't want to deal with the rebuild. I, I, I'm just going to pick my own spot, you know, a year or two later. Um, we had all the rumors about Sean McVay going to Monday night football and stuff like that. Now it's like, whenever that, you know, it's been reported that core of, you know, Jalen Ramsey and Stafford and all those guys, whenever, whenever that ends, he's going to just go to TV for a while and then maybe he'll come back and coach. One thing I worry about LaFleur is like, he's young enough that he can take some years off and then come back to the sport and, his winning record is crazy. I mean, it's better than what Gruden had. I'll tell you that. And Gruden right. got 10 years, $100 million after doing Monday Night Football. So I'm sure someone would put Matt LaFleur on television and say, like, hey, do you want to do this instead of rebuild with whatever post Aaron Rodgers looks like? So it's going to be it, – it's a weird thing in the NFL right now where a lot of these first-year head coaches are making the same amount of money as, like, high-end g5 coaches or low-end um p5 coaches like dana holgerson is getting paid more than zach taylor zach taylor was in the super bowl last year it's very weird i mean and i think the nfl is far more mercenary like than it was when we were like growing up i mean because to your point it's like oh i'll just coach for three years and then i'll take a break and i'll come back and if i have to come back as a coordinator whatever like i'll pick the spot like i'll pick quality of life like the the spots you mentioned for sean payton um i heard him on i think it was Lindsay rhodes's podcast and he mentioned how he'd been playing like that day he played like 36 holes of golf like well okay la arizona like those are awesome like you you, you playing a lot of golf in indianapolis in in november (laughs) like you know what i mean um and so i i think i do think that it'll come down to that for dan quinn i mean and so i i and I think also it, the the Micah factor. Micah's what the second best defensive player in the NFL at third. So like you know that, that's what I'm saying. Like you're if you have him, like you're going to be in the mix. No matter. That's why I said Josh McDaniels. Like Josh McDaniels slept walk to how many head coaching interviews you know over the last decade. And so like that's that's where you're at if you're Dan Quinn. You're you're waiting for the one year you know where the Cowboys job or the Packers job. You know those kind of like golden blue collar or not blue collar like uh, Tiffany franchise. You know if 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 Mike Tomlin left Pittsburgh, like it's it's got to be something that elevates your persona to a different level. Um, it's it's not like that's why it was so interesting that Doug Peterson took the Jaguars job. Like of all things, it's like man, it's yeah. like a downgrade for you, Doug Peterson. But um, I I don't know like who like what else is going to be open this year? Like the Cardinals job? I mean maybe, maybe I mean, but even then like. The, the the two jobs Peyton's poking around, right? So you're you're talking about 
the Cardinals job, they just gave an extension to Cliff Kingsbury. Like that's, that's a lot of money. That that's a lot of money for even, you know, Bidwell whose family's been running the NFL forever. And then um, the Chargers, like, are they like six and three? Is that job going to open up? I understand when you watch the games, the coaching isn't great. You know, obviously, like Marty Schottenheimer got fired after like a twelve and fourteen uh, season. Fourteen so and two. Fourteen and two. Was it fourteen and two? Yeah, it was fourteen and two and 06. Yeah. Goodness gracious! Just so, to yeah. hire Norv Turner, like of all things, like but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's just it's a, it's a very weird situation where some of these jobs are opening up, even though the investment, I guess, is is kind of there. The last thing I would add on that, and I think it, I don't feel bad for John Gruden in any way, shape, or form. But if you were John Gruden and you like made the, like he was kind of the first dude to make one of these big, massive moves, it had to be this like kind of like, are you freaking serious? Like that you return and Patrick Mahomes exists. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that had to really suck. Like all like all the, you made all these moves to return and like you happen to run into Patrick Mahomes like beginning. And so like if you're Sean Payton, like that's a big deal, right? Like you go to the Chargers yeah. or the Cardinals, like what what what's your path of least resistance? You know what I'm saying? Like, like maybe you like Justin Herbert over Kyler and, and ultimately go with the most talent, but like can you win the AFC West? Like it's a much harder thing to do that than it is to win the NFC West. And so I think again if you're Dan Quinn and say the say the Denver job reopens, he was obviously interested in that job a year ago, like it's less enticing. You have Russell Wilson and you have to be Patrick Mahomes. Like that's a hard and Justin Herbert for that matter. Yeah. And the the weird thing with Denver too was always ownership. The ownership was going to change right. over, so you have no idea what the heck that's going to look like. Um, let's get off of the national stuff. We'll take it to break, and on the other side, we'll preview uh, Cowboys Packers from you know a head to head matchup standpoint. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right. Starting off, Packers offense, Cowboys defense. I want to talk about the Packers injury situation up front because <laughs> that's going to be kind of the storyline coming into this game. Um, Packers fans who watched the game obviously saw Aaron Jones went out. Um, he talked about it after the game and was like, 
I wanted to go back in. I thought I could play. I passed the x-rays and all that stuff. But the longer I stood up on the sideline, like the more sore I got. So I'm kind of happy that they pulled me out. Well, they went through an x-ray and MRI. There's nothing there. Um, so the reporting came out that he's going to play this week. Now, the staff wouldn't necessarily commit to that, but he has been limited in back-to-back practices as we're recording on this Thursday. So chances are he's probably going to play, even if it is on a pitch count. So assume A.J. Dillon is going to get a fair share of carries out of the backfield, but Aaron Jones is going to be there at wide receiver. Romeo Dobbs, it's been reported he has a high ankle sprain. He hasn't been put on IR, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, Rashawn Gary's already been put on IR. You know, they haven't needed to kind of you open up a roster spot um, for someone else, but Dobbs potentially could go on injured reserve. You know, Chris Barnes, the inside linebacker was put on injured reserve for the same injury. Randall Cobb was put on the injured reserve for the same injury. So I don't think Dobbs is going to be playing anytime soon. Watkins had a knee injury that popped up kind of seemingly out of nowhere. I mean, Watkins got targeted the last play of the Lions game. He missed practice on Wednesday. He was limited in practice on Thursday. I assume that means he's probably going to go. Christian Watson is out of concussion protocol entirely. Christian Watson didn't have concussions in back-to-back games. He had a concussion against the Bills and then took a hard hit over the middle where he ended up losing it, you know, losing air out of out of him. And they were just being precautious, I guess, is is what Matt LaFleur said. Um and, and kind of pulled him in that way. And that's that stuff's always scary. RJ, did you do you you played football, yeah? Never, not once. Never? No, oh, man. Not, not Get, getting the wind knocked out of you is a very weird – have you ever – I don't even know in any other way where you can get the wind knocked out of you because that's the only way I've had it is playing football, I think. I mean, you know, I've jumped on some trampolines, you know what I mean, like had some hard landings. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, nothing like that. I mean, but, like, in general, like the idea of that is, like, you know, like you're, you're literally hollowing out your body, you know, of, it's, of oxygen. It's so weird. It you can't catch your breath for like a good minute, like it ju- it just feels like it, like a vacuum inside of your chest. It's right. it's so weird. It's not fun. Um, so obviously their wide receiver room is banged up, and that hasn't even we haven't even talked about the fact uh, Randall Cobb hasn't come back from injured reserve yet. He's not eligible to return until next week. Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show this week that that Cobb looks great. So the the expectation is that he will come back next week, I think. And then Alan Lazard is dealing with that shoulder injury. On the offensive line, John Runyon Jr. was limited today. Alan Jenkins limited today. David Bakhtiari limited today. Bakhtiari and Jenkins both missed practice on Wednesday. Who knows what's going to happen with Bakhtiari? I mean, you, you just can't count on him playing a full game at this point. He's only done it once, and that was out of, like, almost pure necessity. So that is the status of the offense is basically injuries at every level of the team other than tight end. Oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers has a thumb injury. So yeah. How, how are you feeling RJ? Um, I mean, the Cowboys are coming off their bye, and, and, you know, obviously um, in, in pretty solid shape. Although I remember the Cowboys when they, when they played the lions um, and I talked to Jeremy Reisman um, about the, the Lions had more players their first practice after the bye than they did um, heading into the bye. It's just kind of you know one of those weird things. Yeah. Um, Dallas has gotten healthy. Um, you know, generally speaking, I mean, I don't think anybody's a hundred percent this time of year. Obviously, um, they're down Jordan Lewis. They're starting nickel corner. He he went down in that Lions game actually. 
but rookie Deron Bland, fifth round pick at a Fresno State, um, has just played well um, in his stead. Other than that, I mean, like, yeah, you got like, you know, nicks and bruises, and I don't want to minimize those types of things, but but for the most part, they're about as healthy as, as you would want, or I would want them to be um, coming out of the bye and getting ready for the second half of the season. This is a little, you know, annual gauntlet for them. They got Green Bay and then Minnesota, then that quick game on Thanksgiving before the little mini bye. Um, you know, they get the, the kind of week and a half off. Yeah, the, the other thing that people might not be looking at from this Green Bay team, because we talk about the rest difference between Dallas coming off of a bye and Green Bay just coming off of a game, but Green Bay's playing all these tight games, competitive, full 60 minutes, you know, back to back to back to back, playing against Dallas. And then the week after, it's a short turnaround against the Tennessee Titans. And the Packers are a team that very much thinks of um, rest, right? And and like rehab and stuff like that compared to, honestly, the previous administration. And like maybe McCarthy's changed that stuff up now. Um, but, you know, Matt LaFleur's coming in with that Los Angeles Rams mentality of like, we want to be healthy for the games. Wednesday was a light practice, all that stuff. So I, I do kind of wonder what the preparation is even like coming into this game where you, you can't do that much coming off of all those competitive games staring at another game and then a quick turnaround against the Tennessee Titans. You're going to play two games in five days. So that's a tough situation for sure. It's funny you say that though. Like that's something, you know, my, I'm taking away from this conversation. That is what Mike McCarthy is heralded for among his players is that he listens to them and he allows them rest time. Um, Jaron curse, um, the Cowboys website has a, a, they have a lot of shows, but they have one show called the Cowboys hour and, and Jaron curse was on it a few weeks ago. Um, and he talks like glowingly of McCarthy and said he does such a great job of listening to us and, and knowing when we need to rest. And McCarthy has talked about that, how he's made errors and mistakes in the past. And he's he's tried to go too hard and tried to be too rough and tough. Um, so, yeah, people learn as they grow. Yeah. Um, defensively, I know we have to worry about absolutely everything outside of Micah Parsons, because Micah Parsons is an alien sent from hell to destroy this Green Bay Packers team right now. Who do we have to worry about? Um, I don't think Demarcus Lawrence gets enough national respect. Um, and, and, and that is certainly been the case since, you know, when Micah arrived, it's just been like the Micah show, right? Like, right. you know, nobody else gets any real like national love. Demarcus Lawrence is incredible. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong is having an amazing season. The Cowboys, I think everybody saw the story about how they missed out on Randy Gregory, the language and the contract. Yeah. Um, they had to kind of pivot and re-sign Dorrance and he has been amazing he has two blocks um two block field goals this season two on special teams like he's just kind of getting it done uh in every way shape or form um you know I, i'd say Leighton vanderish is having not a resurgent season but he's been more impressive than i think any of us expected him to be and i think trayvon diggs everybody knows him as kind of the like all or nothing dude um yeah. but he he has really grown i know you hated on him when we recorded uh from a madden perspective but um I think he's a better player this year. I mean, he, he's really improved his game. He doesn't have the interceptions, you know, that he did at this time a year ago, but, um, he's a, a much better player. The Cowboys are getting reliable, sustainable play from all of their safeties, which is such a weird phenomenon for me to experience. I'd say their weakest. I know that wasn't your question, but along the interior, um, they did trade for Jonathan Hankins a week before the deadline. Um, to, to try to shore up their run defense. That's where they can be had. And so if Aaron Jones is able to get going, if AJ Dillon's able to get going, Washington had success on the ground against them. Philadelphia had success on the ground against them. Chicago ran for like 240 yards against them. Uh, granted, some of that was a little bit of garbage time, but still they can be had on the ground. Although, you know, 
that 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 is something that that is hard to do um, in the grand scheme of the game because if you're running the ball, you're you're wasting a lot of time, and and this is an offense now that can score quickly once again. I think that's what Green Bay wants to do, though. I mean, I I think they it, it's weird that you would want to shorten a game against a good defense, but I think that's where the Packers are at, depending on how healthy Aaron Jones is and. The the one key thing is like, what if Aaron Jones gets banged up again? What does the offense look like? Because I don't know if they'll commit to the run. You know, the Packers, especially early on in the season, really committed to all the two-back pony stuff. Mm-hmm. And one reason that they said they couldn't open up the playbook for more plays out of that pony package is because what if one of these guys go down? And, you know, they, they started off the year with only two running backs on the roster. They brought up Patrick Taylor from the practice squad. Um, Patrick Taylor eventually went down for um, – Kylan Hill, who just got promoted off of the PUP last week. So are you going to commit to the run if one of these running backs end up going down? And, you know, the guy to spell the starter is Kylan Hill, who's fresh off of an ACL tear, right? So I think those are questions moving forward. I think you have to, though. That's that's the only way. Like, yeah, if, if, you're, so. if you're dropping back to pass, like, they're going to get home. I mean, they're they're among the highest pressure rate teams, Uh only sending four dudes like they're, they're not blitzing like to, to generate all the havoc and chaos that they're getting uh, done and they will blitz. I mean, it's just Dan Quinn is, is really timely and really, uh, really particular about when it happens and obviously it usually works out for them. But uh, I'd watch out for Donovan Wilson in that sense. Like he he'll send safeties, he'll send corners, he'll send anybody um, again in, in his kind of crafty little way. But you, you've got to find a way to, to neutralize them. And, and that's, the, you know, the, the one like true loss they've had. I mean, I know they lost to the Bucks, but Philly kind of ran right at them. That, that's, that's why Dallas lost. They, they were unafraid of Micah Parsons. Granted, not everybody has the, the skill set that Jalen Hurts does, but he almost individually sort of provided a blueprint for how to handle this team. And so we've been kind of waiting for other teams to do that. Justin Fields obviously wasn't capable of doing it two weeks ago. One thing I worry about is Josh Nyman has been pretty good at left tackle. He's been, less good at right tackle, which it's kind of assumed the coaching staff took a while to move him out to right tackle for Elton Jenkins anyway, but Elton Jenkins, he's doing a better job than Elton Jenkins did. So we're, we're seeing improvement there, but if you can get Parsons on him all game, I mean, Bobby Tunyon might have to like chip him the entire game. The other guy I have a question about Osa. So Osa Odigazua, I followed his career because he's, he's from up here. He's from Portland. I played against his brother Osa or Oa, who was a top 100 pick for the Giants. Osa was a guy who I really liked coming out of the draft, but the one thing that really hurt him, he's only 280, right? Mm-hmm. And he's playing defensive tackle. So um, is is he kind of the issue in the run game? Is the fact that like he can get moved around? Yeah. Um, you know, he had a really incredible start to his rookie season last year. In fact, like something I know I said a lot was – if Micah Parsons didn't exist, Oso would be getting some some pop for defensive rookie of the year. That faded as the year went on. Um, now, last year, the Cowboys drafted two defensive tackles. They drafted him and Quentin Bohana out of Kentucky, mm-hmm. who who was your, like, very, traditional. Very different players. <laughs> yeah, like, you're, you're massive, like, monster human being, like, in the middle. And so um, it would be awesome if Oso were bigger. Um, they don't – I mean, the Cowboys, they've kind of fallen out of love with Neville Gallimore, their third-round pick in 2020. They just haven't found anybody to really stick. They waved Tristan Hill, who who's played really well, um, honestly. Um, he was their second-round pick in 2019. So, you know – we didn't see a ton of Jonathan Hankins in his debut. I mean, it had just been a few days since the team had traded for him. So you got to wonder if, if he's getting involved more. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's just a, a lack of a physical power for Osa. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a really good player, but I mean, lots of times these dudes are just limited by what God gave them. Yeah. He was, he was a wrestler up in Oregon too. Have you ever looked up his, uh, 
I think he was like 36 and zero or something in like three I, years as a wrestler. It's crazy. I didn't know that. I haven't read Dane's um, the assessment on him in a long time, but I bet that that was in there and I just forgot it. But yeah. uh, Dane Brugler's stuff is the best. Whenever the Packers signed a UDFA or something on draft weekend, it's like the first thing I go to. I'm like, does he, does Dane Brugler of the athletic have a report on him? It, of it's course worth he does. a subscription to the athletic uh, in and of itself. Let's flip to the other side. The Packers are really struggling in stopping the run defense or, or stopping the run because of their run defense. Dean Lowry, Jerron Reed haven't been great. I think one red flag coming into this week injury-wise, and we have gotten some good news as far as the injuries go. Like we kind of assumed, you know, Dobbs isn't going to play. Um, Aaron Jones is going to play. That's a good sign. The fact that both of the tackles are back in practice is a good sign. The fact that Watson doesn't have an injury designation anymore is a good sign. But the one thing that hurts, Devondre Campbell, back-to-back practices, has not played. He said on Monday that, you know, he doesn't have structural damage. He doesn't have, you know, anything torn in his knee. But the fact is, he didn't practice last week. He didn't play. He hasn't practiced in the first two practices of this week. He's probably not going to play. And then Chris Barnes, who replaced Isaiah McDuffie, who ended up actually starting opposite of Koi Walker, is in the concussion protocol. So there's a chance they go into this game, and it's, Quay Walker, Isaiah McDuffie, who's a little bit on the smaller side. He's more of a special teams player than an actual um, defender, I would say, starting at inside linebacker. And then behind them is Eric Wilson, who is another just pure special teams player. So that's what worries me the most in this game is if I, I know this Cowboys offensive line isn't what it used to be, right, where you just have first rounders littered across right. the line and Lyle Collins is playing right tackle, peak Lyle Collins is playing right tackle and you can, can just maul people up. But you don't have to be that good to move the ball in the, in the ground game against this Packers team. I mean, structurally, they're a lot of too high. They've changed a little bit in, in recent weeks, but it's a lot of too high inviting the run and they're just don't have enough guys up front that, that can make a difference there. And now we're Sean Gary's on injured reserve too. So what does it look like when Kingsley and or Jonathan Garvin are sitting the edge? Can you get the edge on one of those guys? That's the real tough matchup that I see in this game. I mean, I, I certainly understand your points of concern. I will say, you know, like every Cowboys fan has been so worried about like, you know, you talk about like, well, where's this team weak and, and it is defending the run. But I mean, we, we haven't seen, and I'm not worried about the offense. I'm just, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, like we haven't seen it, right? Like, you know, like we haven't seen this offense as it was designed to be really all season long because, you know, week one, when when Dak obviously started, Michael Gallup wasn't out there. We're still coming back from his torn ACL. Uh, when Michael Gallup came back while Dak was still out, um, obviously the first game against the Lions, but was the first game, you know, just some admitted, like, you know, knocking off of rust that is necessary. And then, you know, two weeks ago, Zeke Elliott's not there. And look, I'm, I'm a fan of Tony Pollard. So I mean, give Tony all the touches, but still Zeke is a, is a part of their identity. And so they're still kind of finding themselves and still kind of, you know, forming who they're going to be or, or we're kind of figuring out who they are offensively. Um, you know, they, they were on fire against Chicago. Their first four possessions all resulted in touchdowns and, and Dak looked again, like, like kind of the Pete version of himself. Um, Michael Gallup's healthier now. Uh, CD Lamb has, has kind of had some ups and downs. That's, that's the one like bet they've made that they really haven't cashed in on. They really kind of yeah. thought he would emerge as this like alpha this, this year. And he's had those moments, but, but it hasn't been consistent. Um, you know, he's had some, some key drops, obviously at different times as well. Dalton Schultz also got nicked up while Dak was out, but he's kind of healthy. But the Cowboys have found two really young, interesting tight ends and Jake Ferguson, and Peyton Hendershot. Um, we wanted Ferguson bad. The Packers um, fans wanted Ferguson bad. 
Well, I wanted Jay Sternberger bad. I mean, I'm glad that, that didn't work out, but <laughs> I'll trade you. But, um, but so, I mean, Jake Ferguson's been awesome. And, you know, Cowboys, I, I think that the, I'm so interested to kind of watch them like, you know, week, week in and week out now offensively, because again, we haven't really seen that. Right. And I, I think that they learned a lot when Dak was out. They, they sort of, you know, learned it was, it was in a, not addition by subtraction, but they learned like, wow, like, we can run the ball. Like we don't, we don't, we don't have to like have Dak throw this 30, 35 times a game. Like he doesn't, we don't have to play hero ball with Dak. And so I think that we're, you know, over the last two games, we, we've seen that kind of play itself out. And those were some, some weaker opponents. Um, I would still say that the Lions and Bears are both weaker than the Bears. I know, I mean, I'm sorry, the Lions and, and Bears are both weaker than the Packers. I know Packers fans are down, but, um, I, I'm just interested to see it. Like the sample size is so small. We, we really still can't discern anything concrete from this offense just because. We haven't seen it that much. That's what makes them so fascinating on the whole. I mean, that's why I guess that's what every Cowboys fan kind of holds on to against the Eagles, right? Because people are, you said it, like they're running away from this. It's like, well, what if, what if Dak is Dak? Like, you know, then they're not running away from this. Then you got, you're talking about a top five offense, you know, conceivably in the best defense in the NFL. Like this is a monster if that's the case. How do Cowboys fans feel about their chances to compete for an NFC title? Because the way that I'm looking at it, it's like the Eagles and then kind of, everyone else in the NFC um, just based off of their record right now, how well that they played, that defense is good. That offensive line is good. They have hurts playing well. They got AJ Brown. They got um, spacing out on the other wide receiver, the one for Bama's name, Devontae um, Smith, Devontae Smith. Like they have all these things going for them. Right. And they have a lead and the NFC still undefeated, all that stuff. I don't really think, Minnesota is that good. And I, I I know it sounds petty from like a Packers fan perspective, but like I re- I really don't think that team is that good. Um they've won a bunch of close games. I just don't think that they're that they are what their record says that they are. And then you look at the South, that's one of the worst divisions of football right now. And then you look at the West and it's like Gino maybe and they, everybody. Yeah, maybe they get two in, but I mean, even then it's like Geno Smith is what's elevating your very bad defense. Like, huh. Right. I don't know if that, that can go on a run. So I feel like even if the Cowboys do end up getting like the five seed and they're having to play these games on the road, like they could go on the run. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Cowboys at Eagles and the NFC title game. I mean, that is just an incredible amount of anxiety to think about. Um, but, <laughs> but um, I mean, it's like that the the title game is such like like foreign territory right like that's it like in you know this the, your team is the team that stood in, in this team's way right in my team's way like you know twice in, in very recent memory and so i mean I, I it's such a weird year i mean because the the successful cowboy seasons in in 07 and 14 and 16 and, and 18 after they traded for amari cooper were all and even last year to a degree were led by incredible offenses right so like in a weird way, it feels like fake, right? Like in a weird way, this feels like, like it, it shouldn't exist. Like it runs counter to, to the logic that we know to be true. Um, so I, people kind of don't know how to feel. Um, I mean, I, I think that I feel the way about the Eagles that you feel about the, the Vikings. And I think that we're just admittedly biased. Like it's impossible yeah. to be like truly, totally impartial on this. Um, I like, cause I kind of believe in the Vikings a little bit. I, I, on the NFL show, I picked them to win the NFC. Um, and so. Yeah, and so kind of feeling pretty good about that right now, at least, you know, the way things look. Um, but I, I get your reservation and I don't know that like anyone's willing to apply reservation to the Eagles. And I think that's where some Cowboys fans are like, they're frauds, they're losers. I don't, I don't buy that at all. <laughs> um, but 
I mean, like, what 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 game have they won that is impressive? And and to be fair, like, what what games have they played? Right, like they can only play right. the games that are on their schedule. But I'm very interested to watch them play kind of Chicago right now. I'm very interested to watch them play Tennessee. I'm very interested to see them visit Dallas on Christmas Eve. I mean, you're right. Like they've got Jalen Hurts going, but like we have a large sample size that Jalen Hurts is not a great passer. Now he has done a lot to dispute that this season, but that dude is still there. And, and you know, like we've seen like Philly, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't liken them to 2020 Steelers. Like, cause that they were the last undefeated team member and there was all this like whatever, but they were clearly yeah. this really hollow team. I don't think they're that. But I, I do think that there it's it's a it's a particular confluence of events. And so, I mean, who's the who's got the better defense, Dallas or Philly? I just, I'm curious for your opinion. I think it's Dallas. OK, I, and I, so, I think the players, the players. Who would you, are who would you take, Dak or Jalen? Again, if we're getting mean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, so if, if I, you're getting the better quarterback and the better defense, like who cares what else is around you? You know, what I, I, I don't mean that like, as stupid as it sounds, but. I mean, and I I don't know that like I I don't think anybody gave credit to that like when when Cooper Rush was winning all those games people were like well the Eagles are so much better it's like yeah well they don't the Cowboys are missing a top five yes. seven quarterback no like I, I think it's amazing what the Cowboys were able to do with what Cooper Rush was doing and I think all that credit ends up going to the defense and that's why they were winning those games that's why I believe in the Cowboys defense a little bit more I I know that. Packers fans don't want to hear this a little bit, but like I would give some of that credit to Mike McCarthy because this is a team that was not able to do that. Um, Jason Garrett had, if you don't count his interim year in 2010, which I don't think you should, he had to coach 14 games without Tony Romo or Dak Prescott. And he won one of them. I mean, like this, this is a team that just fell apart, you know, when, when their franchise quarterback went down and like, that's a huge indictment on your head coach. And, and Mike McCarthy's done this, not just in Dallas with, with Cooper Rush filling in for Dak Prescott. He did it against the Cowboys. I was at the Matt Flynn game. Like I've seen him do yeah. it with, you know what I mean? Like that it's, it's a different, this is, and, and I guess that's like how I feel about this team. Like the, the Cowboys teams that I've known to be good were such front runners and, and, and to be straight up about it, they were, they were front runners and they enjoyed the spotlight and they enjoyed all the attention. And then they just got punched in the mouth by a tougher team. Um, except for the Packers games, like they, those weren't tougher teams. They just got beat. Like it, it honestly felt yeah. like Dallas ran out of time in those games, but like this past season against San Francisco, they just got whipped. I mean, you know, and, and they took that really personally over the off season. They wanted to get, some glass eaters. I mean, they, uh, they waved him and he wound up in Washington, but they drafted John Ridgeway at Arkansas. Like they wanted some bad dudes and that's been their whole kind of mentality change. And so I, they, I hate to say like, it's so cliche to be like, you know, underrate them, call them the underdog, but they do thrive on that. Like that's, that's how they roll. That's what they want. And so, um, they're, they're a group of savages. It's been a very different Cowboys experience, at least as far as my life is concerned. And I think that's one benefit in having Dan Quinn in the room too. I mean, Everyone talks about him as, you know, players coach. They had the whole in-brotherhood thing with the Falcons. I'm sure some of that translates to Dallas. I I hated the Falcons for a long time because I always felt like Matt Ryan was Tony Romo. And I heard you uh, negatively slight Romo on the NFL show this week, too. Um <laughs> Because oh, um, I, I said yeah. I said that's Burrow's that's right. Burrow's ceiling. Uh, but I I felt like Matt Ryan had the same sort of accomplishments as Romo. Granted, he won the MVP, but like nobody afforded him the same sort of criticism that Romo got. Now some of that's just like you're the Cowboys quarterback, whatever. And like I was a lot younger then, so it really bothered me. But something that I don't think Dan Quinn gets enough credit for is we talk every year about how difficult it is to get back to the Super Bowl, right? Like even for teams who win it, let alone for the teams who lose it. 
that 28 to three Falcons team made it back to the playoffs in 2017. Like nobody remembers that. And they not only made it back, they beat Sean McVay's Rams in his first playoff game. Like, yeah. like that is super, that, that is, I, I hate this kind of stuff because it is so like lame and cliche and there's no like quantitative value to it. But like, there's a lot of impressiveness to me about that, that you can, you can put out the noise and you can dig in and, and, you know, you can overcome the worst Super Bowl loss that anyone has ever had and be a playoff team again. Ever, 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 ever. Um, let's get into predictions. What do you got? I, I think it's 28, 14 Cowboys. I think, I just think they're the better team. There's not a ton of analysis here. It's, their, their offense is performing better than Green Bay's. Their defense is way better coached than Green Bay's. Green Bay's in a downward spiral. They don't have that much to play for. It's going to be an emotional game for McCarthy. I kind of thought coming into this, there was a chance that, like, the Cowboys would just run up the damn score. But I don't think that, that that's going to be this type of, you know, revenge game. But I just think Dallas ends up coming out of a win because they're the better team. I think 28 to 14 is like way too, like, that's like way too Madden sim. Like that doesn't happen in real life. <laughs> so, um, I, 28, I 13 Packers miss a PAT. Uh, I Mason think Crosby has a back injury. Um, I could see it being like 27, 20, something like that. Right. Like, and maybe, you know, you know, maybe it's not as close as like that would lead you to believe. Um, but I could also see it being like, 45 to seven, you know, just like, yeah. but, and like that, but that would involve like some sort of like ridiculous, of course, chaos, right? Like a, a strip sack fumble, you know, taken to the house type thing. Like, a, you know, the Cowboys have a really awesome returner in Cavante Turpin. He has yet to take one to the house. Um, and, and so like maybe that, like something like that finally happening, like it's one of those, like it's their day games, you know, the ball is completely bouncing their way, but I, I think they win handily either way. Um, but, but you're, to your point, I, I don't think McCarthy's interested in running up the score. I think he wants to get in and kind of get it over with, um, get the dub and, and move on to Minnesota. Yeah. Tell the people where they can find you. Um, on Twitter at RJ Ochoa, on Instagram at RJ Ochoa. Um, you know, I share pictures of my dog and uh, my son, my wife and my son and I, we dressed up as the three Spider-Men, uh, for Halloween. So that's my recent photo. Nice. Um, it was, it was really cool. It was really challenging because the suit was like, it's one piece. So it's like, like literally like the hands are connected to the whole thing. So like you had to put like, it's one, you can't take like the hands off, like as gloves. And we were walking our dog, uh, while we kind of went out and trick or treating and stuff. And like I, he pooped. And so I, I like needed to use the bag and the, the like suit material. I couldn't get like dexterity on the bag. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, <laughs> and like, I couldn't, I couldn't just take the glove off. Because like, I had, had to I take the whole body. Yeah, like I would have to take it like like it off like my shoulders and chest. You know what I mean to like get my hand out. So I was like using my mouth to. It was a really um, really awkward experience. You were using time. your mouth to pick up the dog poop. No, 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 no. To, to <laughs> open to open because you know how like the bags are like flat. Like you have right, to kind of right. like, sh- you know do, do whatever to get them open. So um, it was a an interesting exercise. What? Huh. Very interesting. Very interesting. I I just wore a Shrek mask. And went out with my friends to a bar. That's like, um, I think everybody has the like the lazy Halloween costume. Like, I'm sure you bought that mask like ten years ago, and you. Probably I, ha- used I'm, it. I had a friend. My friend said that she had a mask for me, and I was like, okay. And then she said, wear burlap, and I said, I don't have anything that's burlap, so I, I put on like a, uh, I put on like a tan sweatshirt. And she was like, that's perfect. Exactly. Went out to bars. I had I had a couple of cigarettes because I'm ba- I was being a bad boy that night. It was fun though. I love Halloween. I mean, 
um yeah like that's and now you can use that outfit whenever like i used to have a a referee shirt that 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 was like the easiest like oh we're going somewhere like boom you know what i mean like done easy wear black basketball shorts and i'm good to go so yep all right guys um keep it tuned to the feed keep it tuned to the website we'll have all that stuff up on you know this weekend and through through friday remember to join our twitter spaces at halftime those are usually fun hopefully it'll at least be Somewhat of a close game because it's not great talking about all these losses. So thanks, guys.